In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the OGGN HSE podcast, sponsored by Anderson Hauser a global leader in process automation and measurement instrumentation. Anderson Hauser, the people for process automation. My name is Russell Stewart and I'm your host. We want to thank you for listening. We try to be, we are the most enlightening and entertaining HSE podcast on the planet. Today, my co-host is one of the original co-hosts of the OGGN HSE podcast, Mark LaCour. Thanks for joining us today, Mark. Russell, I don't have a choice. We have, <laughs> we have to record this. But no, it's great <laughs> to be back on. It's actually great to get this show back up and running. We know there's about 48,000 of y'all been waiting for this show to end its hiatus. And so everybody, we've ended the hiatus and we're back. Well, that's great because I was going to, you know, Mark, what do you call an elephant that doesn't matter? I have no idea. Irrelevant. <laughs> that's so bad, Russell. <laughs> I have more. You want to no, 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 no. This is the HSV podcast. I don't want to hurt people with your bad I just jokes. thought as we begin this process, it's very relevant for us to recognize the elephant in the room, and that is that the OGGN HSE podcast has not been up and running on a regular basis for a few months. And the reason I wanted to mention that is because we're so excited about the fact that we have a new sponsor that does have us up and running. And our new sponsor is Anderson Hauser. And for our relaunch of this HSE podcast, we've invited our sponsor, we've invited Anderson Hauser on the show. And that's going to be the subject of our podcast today. First of all, we have Mark Thomas, who, if we weren't in the current situation that we're in right now with all this coronavirus, social distancing and work from home and, and all that sort of thing, Mark's actually here in Houston, where we are, where Mark and I are. He is Anderson Hauser's oil and gas industry manager for the United States. And as I said, he's located here in Houston, but we're actually doing this this remote. And then because we we're able to do it remote, we invited Rob Vermulin, who's the global industry manager for oil and gas, Anderson Hauser. Thanks, Mark, for coming on. And thanks, Rob, for coming on. Rob, where are you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I'm actually located in Greenwood in Indiana. So a Dutch guy living in Indiana in the United States. Yes. I think, though, Rob, that might be better than an Indiana guy living in the Netherlands. Probably yes at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so when did when did you come to did you come straight to Indiana? Yes, or you I, made any um, stops along the way. Well, I had some hops along along the way as well. I'm with Anderson Hauser for 27 years. Anderson Hauser has a tendency to um, to ship you around occasionally, depending on your <laughs> on your interest and your qualifications. Yes. So I lived before in Germany, for instance, for a while. And I came to the U.S. 15 years ago, went back to Germany, lived in the Netherlands for a while, came back to the U.S. again, and now have been living here for the last 12 years. Now, Anderson Hauser, they're a global leader in measurement instrumentation, and their actual headquarters is in Switzerland? Yes, it's in Rheinach, Switzerland. It's very close to Basel. It's a suburb of Basel, but it's very close together. A lot of us call us German, but we're not German, actually. We're Swiss. 
although we're on the German border and we have production facilities in France, in Germany, in Switzerland itself for the European customers that we serve. But we also have production facilities in India, China, Brazil, Japan, and of course, in the United States of America, where we have the biggest campus here with us in Greenwood, in close to Indianapolis. But we also have production in California, in Houston area, and also in Michigan, where we produce Rama technology. Yep. So give us a little history of Andrews Hauser. Well, we, we started in 1953. It started with two people, Mr. George Endres and Mr. Ludwig Hauser. And Mr. Hauser had some money. He was German. And Mr. George Endres was Swiss. And he just came from school and he had some great ideas how to build capacitance probes to measure level in tanks using capacitance. And at the time, modern technology and electronics. So that's how they started. Mr. Hauser had the money. Mr. Andrus had the know-how. Building capacitance probes. After that, we started building tuning forks. We bought a small company that produced flow metering technologies. And yeah, that's more or less the rest is history. We are now a $2.6 billion company with 14,000 direct employees. So that's excluding the reps and the uh, distributors we have on a global scale. And we produce solutions, instruments, and services for liquid and gas flow technology for also magnetic inductive flow meters, level, pressure, temperature, pH, dissolved oxygen, gas analysis equipment like Raman and tunable diodes. And we're also active in the field of bioanalytical equipment for laboratories. So we're actually uh, involved in the uh, coronavirus epidemic. That's um, pretty cool that, in that today. Y'all- your equipment's now being used to help with this coronavirus pandemic. I must make y'all feel proud to work for a company yeah. that can make a difference in the entire population of the globe. I mean, good for y'all. Yes, we feel very proud. We like to be a leading edge with regards to the environment and the people on this globe. Yes. Well, I started to say, you talk about the rest is history. You have nearly 7,800 patents and patent applications right now. <laughs> 7,800 patents? What? Yeah. Jeez, guys, that's incredible. Yeah, sensors is in our blood. That's our core. That's where we feel the strongest. That's where we want to be. And by the way, it's the figures that you have are, I think, a year old or so. We're over 8,000 now. Um, oh, really? Well, you need, to tell your, you need to tell your webmaster to update his website. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Actually, talking about what you actually do is you optimize processes in terms of of economic efficiency, but you also, in the the same sentence on your website, say that what you're trying to do is also optimize the safety and environmental impact. And that's why I think you're such a good fit for a sponsor on this show, since we are talking about HSE. And safety by design is a big part of what you guys are all about, right? Yes, it's absolutely true. I mean, you can you can build a device and then put it in the field and after it works and it does its thing for for a couple of years, you're happy with it. But you can also say, look, we're going to build a device and that device is going to be the best in the world and it's going to be safe from the get-go. And that's what we are all about. So we have all kinds of processes in place like the V model, uh, that's 
modeling method in how the pharmaceutical industry or the software industry develops their products. And we use the same methodology to produce ours. The field testing period we have is at least six months. Then we evaluate again. Everything we produce, it's especially safety relevant. We have it tested by various institutes that our claims are true. So it's not just us, but we have it certified by others as well, which makes it, you I don't think have to so trust cool. us. You can trust those institutes as, as, as well. Now, how cool is that is as a company, you don't care about your, and please no hate mail from marketing people, but you don't care about the marketing spiel of your products. You want it to be real and legit to the point that you hire, you pay a third party to come validate everything y'all do. That's incredible. Well, Mark, along these lines, talk to us specifically about the oil and gas industry and Anderson Hauser's involvement there. Yeah, of course, Russell. So first, I wanted to say thanks to Russell and to Mark for bringing back this podcast. So we're, we're very excited to be the sponsor of the HSE podcast. Very excited to bring this back to the OGG and family and to be part of the family. So first, thanks for Thanks for having us. Mark, y'all are just such a perfect fit for this show and, and for our network. I mean, y'all's hearts are in the right places, and especially in this time right now with this pandemic. I mean, I can't think of a better, more sincere time, you know, to, to reach out to our audiences and talk about what Anderson Hauser does, not just from an oil and gas point of view, but from a local community, from a global point of view. That's fantastic that the uh, medical industry is dependent on your instrumentation to help with all this. So I just, it's good for everybody. You're now part of our OGGN family. Yeah, no, we're excited to be part of that family. I think we started talks about six months or so ago, and we're glad they progressed to get us to this first episode. So what we're we're doing as far as Indris and Hauser oil and gas in the United States is obviously, to say the least, the industry is exciting and ever-changing. And one of the exciting things about how we support the industry is, is that we support really every segment of the industry. So the entire life cycle of oil and gas and, and water throughout our industry from oil field service customers, exploration and production customers, midstream down to refining, LNG, and the gas market. So we're excited to be part of every piece of this industry and, and bring safety, health, environmental to our customers. Hey, Mark, I got to ask you. So most, or I shouldn't say most, but a lot of companies that we deal with tend to have a focus in one segment of the oil and gas industry. And they tend to know that one segment very well, and they don't know the other segments. I think it's really cool that you're involved in, in, in all four segments in the industry because that gives you a different perspective. So right now we're in this low crude price environment, extremely low crude price environment. And there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. But the reason a lot of that doom and gloom is out there is because people don't understand that when the crude prices and natural gas prices are low, other parts of the oil and gas industry actually benefit, like downstream petrochemicals type of stuff. So it's supposed to be really cool to have that perspective from an Indian Hauser point of view to see the whole industry as a whole instead of just one piece of it. Yeah, there's benefits, obviously, being diversified within the industry. But even in moments like this, we're very proud of our, our U.S. shale customers and when they're reaching out in moments like this for support, we're definitely there for them and not turning our focus to other areas. But we're certainly we've got a big focus on supporting our refineries right now. And obviously, there's still a lot of LNG works and LNG projects that are in the pipeline that we are looking forward to support. So we have a 
very wide portfolio flow level pressure temperature gas analyzers that help kind of feed us into each industry segment very vertically. Yeah, so Mark, do you ever see where one segment of the industry is adopting a technology or a process quicker? And then, you know, that allows you to then validate some of the work that y'all are doing. And then y'all can bring it to other segments and it's already been validated by a different part of the industry. Yeah, we see that within oil and gas for sure. But one other really neat thing about Andrus and Hauser is how diversified we are in general. So we're very large in, in food and beverage. So we've got Coriolis meters measure in ice cream that can also be used in measuring in crude oil. And being able to share across industry is also beneficial because the oil and gas industry, I think, is always looking to adapt and to learn. And and I think they've become more and more open to learning how other industries solve problems, like, for example, entrained air in a flow measurement and how it affects measurement technology. So there are definitely stories shared within the industry, and, and we see it more and more other industry segments as well. And speaking of the segments outside of the oil and gas and inside of oil and gas, you know, we talked earlier about how important safety is to Anderson Hauser. Can we talk about a little bit from your perspective, how you're seeing safety change, at least here in the States? It's exciting to see safety topic always at front and center when we're meeting, whether it's a major oil and gas customer or, you know, independent. One of the first things that we're always talking about in a meeting is a safety topic and not only just talking about it. There's always fun conversations that go along with it, and you always seem to learn from it. So, you know, right now, obviously, there's very there's a lot of safety related conversations from trying to keep people off of the top of storage tanks to a move to from a passive to more active safety control system where we're replacing maybe mechanical devices with electronic devices and remote functional testing can happen. Yeah. People that aren't in our industry that maybe listen may think I'm crazy when I say this, but there are still people in West Texas whose job it is to climb on top of a storage tank and whether that tank has water in it or oil. And they literally have a ruler, like a 12 foot ruler, and they're measuring levels in tanks. And it's so dangerous to be doing that sort of stuff. And we're at the point now where the technology to automate that has gotten so inexpensive that there's really not an excuse to have people on top on tanks anymore. Yeah, yeah, we and we definitely want to help get those people off the tanks and get them to be working on something that safer, obviously, but also maybe more more productive for their company. So, Mark, I got to ask you this: It's you know, I've watched the especially the, the on land, the upstream side of our industry rapidly adopt technology as far as being able to sensorize wells and tanks so that data can be sent back to corporate somewhere and they end up using it to help make business decisions. Are y'all seeing that same trend? We're certainly seeing that that trend, being able to not only get the data from the field to the boardroom or to operations or to reservoir engineers, getting it quickly and not only getting them the data, but getting them the relevant data. So what, for example, we've got a flow meter that can give them, you know, 500 points of measurement, but we can quickly overwhelm our customers with the amount of data that we're giving them. So we we are definitely trying to do things like work with our customers to help understand what the data means, what the diagnostics from the devices, what that mean, and what they can do with that data to 
to potentially put in preventative maintenance, predictive maintenance measures. So it's definitely a trend we're seeing really across all segments of the industry. What's really interesting is how fast the the refining segment is adopting that data. My initial thoughts were were upstream was going to be jumping all over that, which they are, but the refining segment is also really looking at getting more data from the field to improve their processes and make efficiency gains. Yeah. It's amazing to watch because, you know, we haven't built a new fuel refinery in the U S since the seventies. And there's this little company, I think it's called Meridian. They're building a new refinery in North Dakota, one in the Permian. And because it's greenfield, because it's all brand new, everything is high tech, everything is modern. And it's amazing how few people are actually in the plant now because the machines are doing everything. But the machines are doing it perfectly, but the machines can only do it perfectly if they have the right data. And in order to have the right data that's accurate, they have to have the right sensors. And so it's almost like a chicken and egg thing. But in this case, they're able to run those processes so efficiently because they have the right sensors to get the exact data they need. And it's, I just think it's a beautiful thing. When you start taking people out of dangerous situations and you let the machine do the work, it's just good for everybody. Yeah, it's an interesting trend bringing the, the refining process to the shale field. It's really interesting to see you know, how that trend continues. I think it's a great idea, not only bringing refining capability to the shale fields, but similar to gas processing, taking that gas from the, from the flares and immediately being able to do something with it is a really interesting trend see where it goes. Yeah. I don't want to go on a sidetrack here. This would be a better conversation for the tech show, but I'm even watching companies that are really thinking outside of the box, taking that flared gas, running gen sets and using it to mine Bitcoin. And the old oil and gas guy, I mean, he's going, what the heck is going on? Somebody <laughs> found a way to make money off a waste product. You know, And to your point, Mark, it's just a wonderful time to be in the industry. Yeah. Same with produced water. I mean, there's a lot of Things being thought about and thrown thrown around right now with what do we do with all the produced water in the shale fields and how do we use it? Cleaning it up and recycling it, reuse is is obviously a great great idea, but maybe even using it down the road for agricultural opportunities for for cotton and things like that. So it's definitely no matter the downturn or not, this industry is always revolutionizing itself. And actually, that whole water problem, whether it's produced water or fresh water or whatever, that's a great place for y'all to play, isn't it? Correct. We really have a great portfolio for the produced water segment from quality measurements to, to quantity measurements. And it's, it's really gaining a lot of attention right now. It's, we're, we're part of API. We're pretty good-sized members in API. And, and there are committees being developed specifically around you know, what do we, what do we do and how do we measure all this produced water? So that's definitely a segment that we, we love to help our customers figure out problems. in. now I know Anderson Hauser plays heavy in the wastewater industry outside of oil and gas. So y'all are able to bring that domain expertise to the oil and gas world. Yeah. Kind of like how I mentioned earlier with, with food and beverage. I mean, it's, we really are able to start with designing our products with safety in mind for multiple industries. And we do that with water, wastewater. We do that with the, the power market as well, food and beverage, chemical across the board. And this is kind of a question for both of y'all or either one of y'all can jump in. Because I'm just curious, you know, y'all are much more than an instrumentation company, right? The feeling I get is that your clients are clients first, 
but you want to make sure that you help them with their business, not necessarily sell them stuff. So can we kind of talk about like the Enders Hauser's philosophy, if we will, around business development? You know, if, if a new client, if there's an operator out there that's looking to maybe work with you all around water issues, when they reach out to you, what does that look like from Enders Hauser point of view? Rob, do you want to touch on maybe a global perspective? I can, I can say that as well. So let's not think about it as well. Well, the first, first thing we want to do is, is make sure that the customer understands that he's talking with people. So what he has in mind or the specific solution he wants to have or wants to discuss is what matters most, not what we have. So we listen. We, in a friendly way normally, and normally. then we try to find out what he wants. And then we tune in with our solutions, services, and products and see if we can come up with that, what he wants to achieve, whether he wants to improve the quality or if he wants to make his process more efficient or more clean or whatever he wants to do. And Mark, you mentioned API, being a part of API. And Rob, you had talked about earlier about the quality of the design of all of your instrumentation. So is everything API certified API standards or are there other industry standards you guys adhere to? Well, the many international standards as well, like IEC, which is one of them. And of course, when you're a global company, you have to adhere also to the international standards or the national standards of, of China or Korea or Europe. I mean, you talk ATEX, for instance, instead of, of CSI or, or some other national certification authority. Yeah. Imagine just trying to stay on top of all those certifications. It's probably a full-time job for probably 10 people in your company because those, those rules are always changing. Yes. You're fully right there. Yeah. I want to yep. circle back around to the customer experience though, because the thing I like so much is is I get the feeling that when somebody comes in and they have a business problem that they want you to help them solve, that you're not going to immediately pull an instrument out of a toolbox and go here, that there is more of a consultative process where you, you try to understand both the problem, the budget, and what the outcome the client is looking for. Absolutely. And you know what the funny thing is? We learned from that as well because they give us input for new developments, new ideas, new solutions that we can maybe multiply and help other customers with as well. So it's, yeah, a, didn't even- it's a two-way stream. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So if you have enough, and I'm making this up, if you have enough operators have problem X out in the Permian somewhere, well, that tells you that maybe y'all can design a solution that, that can help multiple people, not just the one person that called you about that problem. Exactly. And also, and it's not just about the instrument or the solution. It's also how how people operate the instrumentation and solutions as well. I mean, we have R&D people and we are very highly technical people normally. But does not mean that we always meet the way the customer wants to operate the piece of equipment or the solution itself. So you have to be very, very careful and very sensitive also to listen in how they want to operate it. Do they want to maintain it themselves? Do they have third parties maintaining it? What kind of HMI do they want to see on the screen? What kind of buttons do they want to press? What kind of information do they want to get out of it? Do they want to have third parties watch the piece of equipment for them and they only get the measurement result to the DCS or PLC in the plant? That's all different and up in the air and also sensitive to trends. Yeah, so that must mean you'll have this whole ecosystem of 
partners that y'all work with because each client is going to want a different mix of whether they maintain an in-house, outside, do they want independent recertification? So you almost have y'all's fingers in a lot of different pies in order to run a business like this. Yes. And also you have to look at, at the kind of customers that you have nowadays. I'm not uh, 20 anymore, to be honest. Me neither. <laughs> so, me, Meaning I look at a piece of equipment in a different way than one of my sons, for instance. They want to see what the HMI connection is or the HMI screen looks like, the colors, how it connects to the Wi-Fi, where all the big data is going to, how you hook it up. Uh, what kind of protocols comes out of it instead of 4 to 20 milliamp, and so on and so on. So they to- look totally different to that piece of equipment than I do. I just wanted to add to that point that one of the main reasons we're able to to evolve quickly and, and easily to meet our customer needs and the, the wants of you know the next generation is we're, we're the largest family-owned instrumentation manufacturer in the world. So in times like these right now, we're healthy and we're strong and we're still able to invest in research and development of technology. And, and at this time, really go listen to those customers and, and hear the problems and go back to our R&D and, and make, make changes that make an impact. Yeah, it's, there's and times when... Go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the latest example is, for instance, Natillion as a platform we're building up where most of the customers want just simple 4 to 20 milliamp signals going to their process and control system. We are not so much interested in that measurement value, if you want to call it like that. What we are interested in is the raw measured value of the sensors themselves in order to quantify or to make a validation of the measurement value, so the 4 to 20 milliamp put, that goes to the DCS or PLC. So we have found ways or developing ways to get in parallel to the primary signal, the raw signal data to a kind of cloud system where we evaluate on behalf of the customer, if he wants so, how the performance and how his validation of his measurement signal is. Because that knowledge that was in plants years and years ago is not there anymore. And people expect more services and and solutions with regards to maintenance from suppliers like an Anderson Hauser. And so artificial intelligence is a big part of that now, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so we have vision systems that, that you hook on to your helmet where you look at an instrument and it automatically pulls up the manuals or it takes you to the digital twin I mean, keep in mind, Anderson House already had digital twins. Uh, we, the word that didn't even exist, I think, about 15 years ago, where you could go on our internet, type in your serial number, and it gives you all the information about what the calibration status was when it left the factory and the manuals and the, the service done by Anderson House to it, and you name it, the certificates that came with it, material certificates. All was there, and all that stuff is still there today. Man, and if y'all you did that 15 via a camera system, via a tick on your helmet that hooks the AI device up to the internet and makes all that um, information available for you. If y'all did that 15 years ago, y'all were way, way ahead of everybody else because 15 years ago it was still paper manuals in a binder that people would send you. Yeah, but how did we come to that system? 
there was a lot of complaints about maintenance people that said, when we need a manual, we can't find it. We always need to go back and find a manual. And then we go on the internet and we download a manual. And it's always the manual of the latest and greatest software while our device is four years old. Where is that manual? So by creating a digital twin, although we didn't call it a digital twin at the time, you always have the latest information available for that device. And depending on your serial number, it gives you the manual from when it was produced, not the latest and greatest. That's world leadership right there, quality right there, because I'm telling you, everybody else 15 years ago, you're right. If you downloaded it, it was the latest and greatest. And otherwise, it was some binder somewhere stuck in a closet. Russell, as much as we hate to do this, you know, we need to start winding the show down a little bit. And this is a point where we typically do the giveaway. So Indris and Hauser is doing this really cool giveaway for our audience. Can you believe they're giving away an Apple Watch? If you want to go win, it's really easy. Just go to cx.indris.com forward slash HSE hyphen podcast. Or honestly, people just go to the show notes and click on the link. Enter your information and I hope you win the Apple Watch. I just think it's really awesome they're giving away. We got a bunch more coming from Anderson Hauser. We're going to have them on some of our other shows where they fit like this whole technology discussion. We need to get y'all on the tech show and go deep into that. But we really want to unpack all the stuff that Anderson Hauser is doing for our industry in multiple different ways. But guys, thanks for coming on the show. This has been a first part of something that's going to be much bigger and much better. And in this time of need, I just think it's really incredible that y'all are working with the medical community and everywhere else to try to help with this, this pandemic. So hats off to y'all too and, and to your entire company for doing the right thing. Not necessarily business as usual, but worrying about people first. We love that. Yep. Thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you as the new sponsor, and I'm I'm really excited about it. Thank you again, everyone, and please tune in next week for another episode of Anderson Hauser's Oil and Gas HSE Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Anderson Hauser is your reliable U.S.-based partner for measurement, instrumentation, services, and solutions. We are your people for process automation. Discover more about Anderson Hauser at cx.endris.com forward slash HSE dash podcast and register for our monthly podcast giveaway. Follow us on LinkedIn at Anderson Hauser Group and on Twitter at Endris underscore US. And you don't have to remember all that. You can simply find it in the show notes. Please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. See you next time. Hi, everybody. Alex here with the events on deck. So obviously we are in uh, unprecedented times right now and have been unable to carry out our last couple of happy hours that we had scheduled for last month. We have chosen to delay them and we'll continue to update you on when exactly we will be able to have those events again. Obviously, we're following along the recommended guidelines of the CDC and the World Health Organization. So we're really looking forward to seeing you and we're hoping that these events are going to happen sooner rather than later. But for now, stay tuned and we will keep you posted on those dates. Also, just want to say thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to Oil & Gas Global Network. We are fortunate to already have been a virtual company before the coronavirus and all of these issues started plaguing various countries. And we just want to continue bringing you guys the best information and to the best of our ability, keep you informed, especially while everyone is at home or at least most more people than ever before are at home. So 
We just would like to thank you for continuing to tune in and continuing to listen. And we hope that everyone is staying safe and we wish everyone the best. And thanks again. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.